G'day everyone, welcome to episode 5 of The Sound of Imagery. We're here with the usual, but we've got a plus one with Mr. Simon Pollock joining us again. Welcome. Thanks for having me, special guest. Much appreciated. Absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's special things tarnishing very quickly. <laughs> you the second episode in. I'm still special, all right? Okay, all right. We'll go with that for now. Yeah. Yeah, so we um today we were going to have a chat about quite a number of things because I think there's a... A number of things that have happened in the market. Uh, first of all, I wanted to kick it off with this new camera that's behind me, uh, the ZV-E10. Now, I don't know who comes up with these model numbers, but seriously, uh, this camera is quite interesting for the vloggers out there. And I'm not sure if you've had a, a look at this, Lee, because I know this would be right up your alley, you know, small camera, <laughs> nice little tripod, no manual controls, just a push of the button and away you go. It's APS-C now. Oh, it is, yeah. Smaller than uh, than full frame, but it is larger than the one-inch sensor on the uh, ZV-1. So, Lee, tell me, what are your thoughts on consumer videographers, cameras, I, I, vloggers? I, I think these cameras are great for consumers. Oh, okay. you're diplomatic. <laughs> No, what, it, what about? You're right. You're right. It, it does have a, a, a vertical recording mode for um, Instagram and and TikTok. What what are your thoughts on that, Lee? Oh, now you're making this grumpy old man very grumpy. Um, but no, I'll tell you, there is. I've I've I haven't used one, but I've I've watched a few reviews of it online, and it's got quite a nifty little feature. Um, that again, it's one of those things where I think this feature has been around for a while, but it's getting better and it's getting to the point now where it's sort of more usable where, and I forget what it's called, but basically you, you tap a button and it sort of does fake bokeh. Mm, um, yeah. So it sort of fake blurs your background and then it, and then puts it, I mean, we've seen it on zoom. It's awful on zoom. Um, but the camera from, you know, the samples that I've seen, the camera does it quite well, which again, you know, for, for, for those purists of us out there, you know, we could sort of stick our nose in the air and go, oh, well, that's not real and blah, 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 and it's awful. But it's it's kind of cool. And, you know, if it gets more people into it and they get to do it more and they get more into, oh, I want to learn more of how to do this and how to do it properly, why not? Simon's shaking his head. It's yeah, really Simon, what, tell me what it is. What is it? It's not, a, it's not a Zoom feature. It's an actual feature that what it does when you press the background defocus button on the camera, it opens the aperture on the lens you've got to AI. So if you've got a one four on there, it's gonna go Ooh, blurry. But if you've got a I don't know, like a F eight kit lens eighteen to fifty-five F nineteen, it's not gonna be that bad. So it's an actual it's an actual it actually does a physical thing and it opens the aperture up. So so then is it is it also then obviously automatically adjusting your ISO and your and your shutter speed to adjust and sort of to compensate for that? Yeah, and apparently you can you can adjust them manually. I'm I'm not sure. I haven't seen the camera. I've just watched people people's reviews, but um, I, you'd have to. Otherwise, it's going to go. Yeah, because otherwise it's going to be weird. Yeah, see yeah. something. See something to to be to look at. And again, it's as a consumer product, it's fine. But something to think about um, if you want to do sort of video, but more seriously with that, if it's automatically adjusting your shutter speed, that's going to affect the way movement looks in your video. So, yeah. So, so, so for Mm. those, just in case anyone's not aware of this and I'll I'll try and be as brief as possible. um, The general rule of thumb when you're shooting video is you want to set your shutter speed to double your frame rate. So if you're shooting at 25 frames per second, you set your shutter speed to a 50th. If you're shooting at 
30 frames per second, you set it to a 60th, so on and so forth. And the reason for that is because the human eye doesn't see everything, doesn't see movement sharply. Like if, if I sort of wave my hand like this, the human eye naturally sees my hand gets a bit blurry. And, and so you do this shutter speed thing to make it look like a natural sort of blur. Whereas if you were shooting at, let's say, 500th of a second, um, you'd get what's called staccato movement, where it would look like I would shake my hand like this and it would look like I have 12 really well-defined fingers. Um, mm-hmm. Now, my parents aren't cousins, so... <laughs> You're not from Tasmania. That's so not real. Ooh. But but that's and, and our audience. And, and again, no, sorry, guys. Like, and like I'm not saying you can't do I'm a big believer of you can break any of the rules as long as you know what the rule is and there's a good reason to break the rule. So if you wanted that movement to look weird and sort of staccato, um, that's cool because you want your audience to feel a certain thing. But it is just something to be aware of. And this is the th- this is the whole thing with cameras these days. And I was talking to Greg earlier about this. I did a review on um, this camera for a retailer in Australia and it was really interesting to, to see these dumbed down features, um, you know, an instant slow-mo button that you could, um, by pressing, it goes through increments. So you can go up to 120 frames a second in slow motion, which is obviously five times uh, slower than what we normally see. But I was, I was actually sort of wanting to discuss why are we dumbing our cameras down like for the consumer? And is that a good thing? Because obviously with smartphones, people can just press a button and it does it. There's no aperture control. There's no shutter speed control, no actual physical dial. I mean, you can do that obviously with, you know, the digital side, but do you think more cameras will have these buttons for the one press wonders? Absolutely. I mean, what's, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, true. It's just a, but I, think, I think down. I think it comes back to what oh. Lee said. Sorry, Simon. No, you're right. You go. I was. I think it comes down to what Lee said. The more people that, if it opens up more people to photography and then pursuing, maybe some more kind of classical styles of photography where you actually have to think about your exposure tra- compensation and exposure triangle, then that's a good thing. Um, and I think that I think that the market will always have a space for these. Um, kind of youth market cameras that are quick and easy and fast and you can share everything instantly to your socials. And then, of course, there'll always be the more serious stuff, uh, the purists uh, pursue. Mm. But, yeah, over to you, Simon. No, I was going to say the same thing, sort of halfway between um, you, Greg, and Lee. Um, are, we, are, we dumbing, are we dumbing photography down? Or what's the opposite of dumbing down? Making smarter. things smarter. That would be AI. I'm dumbing up. Uh, yeah, you know, good. Like, I, I mean, you don't. I, if you had a Canon 5D Mark IV, would you be buying a ZVE10 as a vlog camera? I don't know. But if you had an iPhone 6S, would you be buying this as a camera, as a vlog camera, as a video camera? Yeah. Maybe. Are you going to find this in a bunch of professional photographers at the Olympics? Let's say. Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. You, a, you probably said a YouTube convention or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you call that when they dress up? Um, and cosplay. Have, cosplay. Co- there you go. Mm-hmm. At a cosplay thing, I could see this camera featuring at a cosplay event. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And uh, 
if you if you have are tuning in on live on YouTube, uh, feel free to subscribe. We really encourage you to. Yeah. And and even if you're not watching live on YouTube, if you're watching a re-record on YouTube, still subscribe. That's it. That's it. And uh, make make sure you also uh, subscribe to our podcast if you're listening on uh, anywhere where you listen to our podcast. Um, we really love uh, having an audience, and uh, otherwise, it's just for four guys that are aging talking about cameras and, and crap like that. So, Which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. I tell myself. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the original name of the podcast. It was just too long. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> talking about waiting things for too long, you know, and things that might be too long. Are we waiting too long for the next iPhone to come out? What Lee? a segue. Oh, <laughs> look at him go. Oh. Seamless. Mood are we waiting too long for the iPhone 13? What what phones do you all have? 12. 12 Pro. I've got the, uh, what is it, a Samsung? Um, yeah, back in the box. Yeah. <laughs> 17 Samsung cameras. Samsung with bug eyes. Yeah, 17 cameras. That, that should be Here he is talking about a photog- uh, you know, smartphones making photographers dumber. He's got 17 cameras on his phone. I know, but uh, is it, I, did, I didn't buy it for the gimmick. I had a Huawei before and the whole, you know, the China Google Play thing. I, I wanted to switch over to something. Well, so you, I got the, the Samsung. Recorded. Yeah, but, yeah, that's right. I had to opt out of all the, uh, you know, sending all my information to the Chinese servers. Nothing wrong with that. But um, yeah, I'd much rather them go to the US and and because uh, I speak the language. Uh, anyway, saying that, um, this has a 100 times zoom. A digital thing. A digital zoom. And it's actually quite good in good light. I was quite surprised. Um, it does have the ultra wide that you normally would see on most phones these days. But that 100 times zoom, I was just like, wow. I, I zoomed into my cat's eyes 100 times and it was quite, and quite the, impressive. The cat passed out. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's right. like you zoomed into its soul. That's, that's it. You that's exactly right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Greg, you've got an iPhone. Tell me, yeah, I've got, you... yeah, got a 12. I've got the standard size. What makes you want to upgrade and, and do rumors uh, entice you? Well, no, rumors don't entice me, not with phones. Uh, camera rumors entice me and video okay. game console rumors entice me, but no, phone rumors don't. Uh, what makes me upgrade? Mostly uh, a cracked screen, a dying battery, and a faulty camera. Okay, no, I that's what made me upgrade. That. My... Yeah. Yeah, that's what made me update my last two iPhones. Mm, Obviously, okay. the cracked screen was my fault. And I think the camera went faulty because I had a third-party place replace the screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I don't I don't sit there and watch the, the Apple keynotes anymore. I used to when I was younger, and I was I was yeah. big on... on uh, I mean, I still use a Mac, but um, especially when they, they sort of released all of those, you know, those funky G4 Macs with the kind of the the transparent casings on them and the big G4 logo on the side and those kind of, and the clamshell laptops, they were cool. I've got one in the cupboard. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Lee, um, you're, you're, you're probably wiping that drool off the, uh, the, the the table where you are at the moment, but tell me about this Apple rumor. And uh, uh, Simon, feel free to chip in. I don't think you can talk about rumors, can he? Well, well, no. I, Why's I've that, got, Simon? Why's I've that? Got pl- I've got plenty of opinions about rumors. They're all rubbish, and it's, you know, it's funny. I don't, 
I don't really follow the rumors that much. I mean, I, you know, I read them and so on, but a lot of them, it's, you know, some, something that I often say about, you know, Apple rumors and Apple stuff is those who know don't say anything. And those who say things generally don't know. So, um, and I almost, I almost sort of want to avoid rumors sometimes because I like the surprise and we're all going to find out when we find out. So sort of what's the rush of wanting to know all these rumors and know what's coming when you'll find it on the day. And it's actually quite nice to have a surprise. Now, what's nice is um, the, the release schedule for phones has become pretty regular. Like we all generally know a new iPhone is going to be announced sort of September, October every year. Um, and it's, I, I think a direct relation of people not being as excited as, as they used to be is that it's a very mature product now. Um, you know, all the things, you know, you think about when the iPhone first came out, it didn't have copy and paste. It didn't have apps, you know, all these things that weren't there. And after three or four versions, maybe five or six versions, they kind of had added most of the things that most of us really wanted in it. So I think it's really challenging for Apple to every year come up with something that really entices people to upgrade. Like for me, Number one, I'm a creature of habit, so I do get a new one every year. Um, but ge and it's generally camera stuff these days that makes me want to upgrade. There's not a lot of non-camera features that make me go, oh, I really want the iPhone for that. Uh, the thing that got me super excited about the iPhone 12 Pro was that it captures 10-bit video. And the jump from 8-bit video to 10-bit video is exponential, quite literally. Uh, so, you know, instead of thousands of bits, you're getting hundreds of thousands of bits. And what does that mean though? So what that means is I'll give you an example. So when you, probably the best example, and it's difficult to describe this as opposed to actually show you, but uh, you will have been familiar. If you, if anyone's watched sort of low res video, like when you're watching video on YouTube and it's coming in at 480, you get what's called banding. So if you're looking at a blue sky, instead of it being like a, a smooth gradation from light blue to dark blue, it's blocky. Okay. You guys kind of know yep. what I'm talking about there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's called banding. And if you've shot 8-bit video footage and then you try and do some color grading with it, like you could shoot well-exposed, everything's great. But then as soon as you want to start pushing and pulling that footage, because you've only got 8 bits worth of data in, in the, that you've captured, you don't have enough color information in that footage to push and pull it too far you can get banding and the footage can start falling to pieces uh, very quickly okay. whereas 10 bits you've got a lot more um particularly if you get into hdr and i've given lots of talks about this so i could go on for hours about it but when you get into hdr with video it's got to be a minimum of 10 bit like you actually if you shoot 8 bit that doesn't count so that's why HDR. you need the that's why you need the z v uh, e10 clearly yeah, over the iphone it, it's, I think it's 8-bit. Oh, God. So, Lee Herbert, just a simple comparison would be JPEG versus RAW in stills photography. Yeah. 8-bit versus 10-bit. Yeah. Again, it, not exactly the same, but very no. good way to describe it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It actually does have 422 on a HDMI output, but internally it's 420. But again, so the four, so for those who don't know, so 422, 420, 444, that's ascribing the amount of color it's capturing. So 444 obviously is the best, like RGB. Um, but then when it compresses it, it gets rid of some of the green and the blue. Um, oh, there's a red. I, I forget which one of the two it gets rid of. So 
422 is all of the one color and then half of the other two colors. And 420 is all of the one color, half of the other color and none of the third color. Um, yeah. But again, video compression is complicated because that's the color sampling. That's not the bit rate. Mm. So you okay. could still get 422 in 8-bit. So for example, all of Sony's a a a uh, Alpha's cameras up until the a7s mark three all captured in eight bit video so you could get 422 but it was still just eight bit whereas once you get to the a7s mark three it's now giving you 10 bit and and that jump from eight bit to 10 bit is a really big difference wow interesting how did um, we get onto that yeah, that, that's uh, schooling oh, with Lee. The, 13, yeah. the iPhone 13. That's it. That's it. And I think that's a good reason to upgrade if you want him to get 10-bit now that I understand it. So well, thanks for explaining that, Lee. Well, again, just something. Just So with the current models, um, I've got to check this. I, I, haven't, I don't know for sure. I think it's only the 12 Pros. So the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max capture in 10-bit. And I think the others are all still 8-bit. But probably... And, here, yeah, I'm starting a rumor, but it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if all of the models this year probably got the 10 bit because they'd have faster processes and they can handle it and, and all that sort of jazz. But, can you but tweet, don't, quote, don't quote me. Yeah. On this. I don't know. Can you tweet that out, Simon? Apple CEO says. I already yeah. I think, um, I think um, the other thing that the other good point that Lee raises, many there, uh, is, is around the hype train and how hype degrades the real experience that you finally get to and that sometimes it's better it's like people that refuse to watch movie trailers of their you know, most anticipated movies because often the hype and, and especially you know with with technology we see it you know there's rumor sites and there's uh people that make a living off youtube videos purely clickbait rumoring um and often you kind of you, you buy into that process because you, you're eager to know as well you're excited and you get caught up in the hype train you go along for the ride, so to speak. And then when the actual thing arrives and you discover that, oh, actually, it doesn't have 10-bit or, it, um, you know, it's, it's still got the same old processor or whatever it may be, it really degrades your experience because you've built yourself up to a level 10 along with everyone else and then the product gets released. And it's actually, it's an amazing product, but you've, you've kind of over overexcited yourself about what it's actually going to be. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah, I know when I overexcite myself, I'm I'm actually putting out a lot of content, and I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. But I get to a point where I'm just burn out. Not touching right. any innuendos there. No, no, I just burn out. Right, I get I hit that creative, uh, you know, that rut. So I, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, Greg. You mentioned this, but I'm going to throw it over to Simon because you're in the social space, Simon. We we uh, hear what you do. Uh, and we see what you do. How do you survive staying creative? Uh, if I don't, I don't get paid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's really, I'm going to approach this from a different angle because one thing I really enjoy about working in the photo space within social media is seeing so much content. So, you know, I can scroll through my Instagram, which is on my screen at the moment. And I see, oh my goodness, um, I'm seeing work from people all over the world. And one thing you can do, which is a very real thing, is look at everybody else's photos and be depressed because you're never going to take those photos. Or another thing you can do is look at those photos 
and be real and realize that you don't have to take those photos, but just be inspired to take the best photos you can. And I think that's, for me, if I get, uh, if I get to the point where I'm think, thinking that I'm going into a creative rut, like at the moment, um, small example, segue example, I'm doing a 10 day self-portrait um, challenge with a friend of mine who's started doing photography and she's amazing. She's just started doing portraits and she loves birth stuff and all that crazy stuff, but she's got a real eye for it. And I'm like, far out, man, you know, I've been doing this for years and look at you, you just got yourself a camera and you're going like, boom. And uh, it's been really interesting getting somebody else that's at the start of their journey and really inspired every day to do something photography mm. and being sharpened, you know, like I was like that. I did the whole 365 self-portrait every day for a whole year on Flickr. You know, yeah, I'm showing my age, but it was a while ago. <laughs> but, uh, you know, With your MySpace, yeah. Yeah, my, my Tumblr. I see that uh, Tumblr and Pinterest are getting together. That's a whole other story. My goodness, Tumblr, wow. remember that? Uh, yeah, so just sharpening yourself on other people that are in, still inspired. Sucking the life from them. Yeah, sometimes you've got to latch onto somebody else and drag his... What's wrong, Herbert? <laughs> Where'd you go? It's mine to the gutter. <laughs> it is, it is. Well, Come on, Lee, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Yeah, uh, no, nothing, nothing that's fit for publishing. Well, what do you think about the whole getting yourself out of a creative rut then, Lee? How do you do it? Uh, sometimes I just don't. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, I laughed then, but I laughed because I know that you can get deeply, deeply into a creative rut. And I see you when you're at your lowest and I'm like, it's horrible to see, but then I see you come out of it and I'm like, yeah, you get out of it. That's why I laughed. I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing with you. Yeah, no. And, 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 and thank you. You are really good at pulling me out of that sometimes. Like I, I, I love it when you call me up and go, I've got a crazy idea, but would this work on camera? um so you know that's don't tell them about the last one <laughs> just keep your clothes on all right <laughs> light is not Water. my friend um but it's it's you know what i i'm almost gonna not not to be a downer but it's i would almost say sometimes sometimes it's it's it's, it's a bit dangerous to sort of go oh you need to always pull yourself out of a creative rut because it sort of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and you start feeling guilty and you start feeling angry with yourself because oh, I'm in this right. I shouldn't be in this right. I've got to pull myself out. And absolutely. If, if you are in a position and a, and a headspace where you can pull yourself out, absolutely do and try and maybe make some lists if that works for you and try some ideas. But I would also say sometimes it's also important to sort of cut yourself some slack and go, you know what? I'm not feeling creative today or I'm not feeling creative this week and that's okay. And I'm just going to take a 100%. week to do something else. Um, like whether it's something else creative or whether it's just something else. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit down for a week and read a book. Hopefully mm. it doesn't take me the whole week. I can read pretty fast, but you know, it's, it's okay sometimes. And sometimes that'll help you get out of it to sort of, almost accept this is the way I'm feeling and I won't feel like this forever, but it's okay to feel like this for a little while. Mm. Yeah. I think that's good advice. I think my biggest fear with it. um, I mean, a couple of things have obviously impacted it this year. You know, we've had 
well, well over eight, well, almost 18 months now of in and out of lockdowns in Melbourne. And I think every time we've had a photography, either a, a street walk or we've had two recent trips down to Phillip Island to do some photography, they've been cancelled. And so I just find myself constantly packing my camera gear away. And I think the only times I've got my camera out in the last year was to do some product shoots for a client. And, um, and it was camera gear out, lighting gear set up, take the shoot, I take the shots, pack it all away. And it was more of a transaction than a creative experience. Mm. And I think my, my big fear is that when you're working on something that you love, and I love photography and I love the community and I love this conversation about our creative pursuits, always have, um, that when you work in that industry, you know, and I write about photography all day, every day, and I think about it and I talk to Lee about it all day, every day, you know, we're constantly talking about our work and dealing with clients about photography that when it comes to actually doing it myself, I'm kind of like a bit, uh, yeah, I've kind of already, I've already spent that, that, that creative currency. Um, and I worry that that's going to have longer term effects on my creative side. Yeah, I was thinking about that the the other day, Greg, because I mean we're, we're writing about fifteen thousand to twenty thousand words probably a month now, and you know it's all about you know the nitty gritty of photography and cameras and lenses and all their specs and everything. But I was thinking we live in a very instantaneous world where hey, I take take a photo, I upload it, it's done within five minutes, and I then need something else, I need something else, I need something else, I need something else. We never really go and pursue a project that's, you know, that might last a month. Let's say you, you look at the history yeah. of all these, you know, magnificent painters, you know, um, Michelangelo and all these incredible painters that would spend years on one piece, and you know that was their creative outlet. It was their one piece of work. And I think we put too much attention on the fact that we need to be posting every day. We need to be uploading a photo every day. We need to do something every day. That's not the case. You can work on something for a month, two weeks, even a week, um, mm. and even and longer. master that before you upload it. Sorry, Simon. Yeah. Even longer. It was funny you mentioned that. I I talked to um, Kirsty Mitchell quite a bit, and uh, she's a British English based. London, UK, out in the country, up in a tree, based photographer. Quite dark photos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of. Her work's yeah. amazing. But is, uh, yeah. um, she, you know, she doesn't produce a whole stack of work all the time. She she works through, watching her work is quite amazing and, and listening to her and talking to her um, working. You know, she, she started this process for this photo she's doing at the moment. I don't know. I feel like it must have been... A year and a half ago, I go back in my WhatsApp conversation. It's like two years ago, probably. She's found a certain shaped stick and she's got an idea from that stick and a feeling and a place. And today they're, they're doing the video of this photo that she's done. And it's, you know, it's mind blowing, but it takes her, it takes some people months and months to, to create this work, but they're always, oh, poof, they're always yeah. <laughs> smack yourself in the microphone. Yeah. yeah. I just find that amazing. Like some people need to, you know, some people have got to put the Instagram up every single day. Whereas mm. people like this who have at some point been like that now they can just be like, you know, I'll put out a work of art in every six months or, you know, they don't have to. And it's interesting. I, I, I guess it's a mindset. I'd yeah. like to find it. That's literally it's a, a tricky balance, isn't it? 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, balance. dad joke. Yeah, yeah. What did you say? Was that a? Dad? I said that's literally, yeah, literally a good sound bite there. <laughs> Try to eat your mic. <laughs> oh, it's getting bad. What's the sound? <laughs> is this? Is this? Is this how dad jokes go? When you have more yep. children, they just get worse. I did a good um, dad, dad joke earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a friend of mine's uh, starting a uh, a company. And uh, he had his first order and he was excited about it. I can't tell you what it is, but he was excited about it. And I said, oh, you know, who was it that bought the product? And he said, oh, it was a concreting company. And I said, that's a concrete first order. Oh. <laughs> he was just like. That's solid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dear. Oh, dear. On, on the level. <laughs> on the level. Yeah. We're all dads here. So. Can I just give you yeah. something to think about for next next episode? Um, yeah. Relating to my, because Lee told me I wasn't allowed to talk about iPhone rumors. Lee DeBrose, CEO of Apple Australia. Um, I'm sorry, Lee DeBrose. Lee, Lee Herbert. <laughs> Come on. I'm Lee Herbert. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lee Herbert. Um, <laughs> there it something is. that, what made me think about it, I was talking with um, Doug who owns Think Tank or he's the chairman yesterday and we were talking about cameras and progression of cameras. And um, he was, he, we were talking about, you know, the size of cameras and, and people say, oh, mirrorless is so small and DSLRs are so big. And I mean, the same fits in my bag either way. But all the way along this journey, there have been people also that have said iPhones or phones, oh, they're killing the photography industry. I don't think so. I think they're actually doing the, the opposite. Mm. But what got me thinking about this iPhone, and that's why I was looking for it and found that article, clickbait, um, was that apparently, you know, it's going to have a new camera built into it. And there's been, you know, people that search for the patents that they, Apple have applied for and new camera patents and things like that. And they are getting better. But realistically, and this is a question for you three, do you think that they really will ever take over your standard mirrorless DSLR type camera? Will we see no. photojournalists with phone-like devices? Uh, potentially, yes. Because as the, I think photojournalism, yes, and the reason I say that is that the demand for instant news is so great that yes, you can you know you can link from your camera to an app on your phone and then upload your article with your photos straight for for publishing. But why take that extra step when you could, you know, you could beat the competition with just the one device? I think in, in some instances, yes, I think there's there's opportunity, but I, I don't mean in its current form. Obviously, over evolution, as, as tech improves, as you say, cameras improve and all that sort of stuff. But in other scenarios, no, I don't think it ever will. I, I think it's like, I think I, I agree that it will. And I think it's the challenge is physics because people want the phone to be smaller and to capture more light, you need the lens to be bigger. So there's the challenge of physics. But you know, these companies and these technologies are getting around that with AI and machine learning and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, so, and, and, you know, to sort of further Greg's point about journalism, there's a guy that I follow on Twitter. I think his name's Mark Settle or something like that. He is the mobile journalism trainer for the BBC. So the, the BBC have a full-time person mm. who trains their journalists on how to, shoot 
journalistic stories for the BBC on video on mobile phones. Yeah. So yeah. we're there, we're there already. I mean, you can't do the same things. I'll give you, I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll go on one of my rambles, but I'll, I'll try and keep it specific and brief. So me and a, I had this idea many years ago for, for a cool travel show. It's basically like a, like one of these food sort of travel show. Imagine like Anthony Bourdain or, or Phil, um, somebody feed Phil, but with photography instead of food as the focus. So you're going to these beautiful places and you're learning how to take better photos. Or you're seeing cool photos of these places. And uh, through basic evolution, we decided to feature phones, and I had this idea of shooting the whole thing with phones. And one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to try this and see if it was possible is because whenever you see one of these shot on iPhone TV commercials come out, and they show the behind the scenes thing, in the behind the scenes thing, you see yes, they shot this on an iPhone, but they have three trucks of lighting and a crew of forty people. It's like, well, obviously it looks amazing because anything could look amazing with good lighting and i wanted to see if we could shoot an on location sort of doco type thing with iphones with just natural light or a couple of little lights that you sort of hold in your hands like think aperture mc type lights and we shot a pilot and if i do say so myself i think it came out really great mm. and this was when the phones were shooting 8-bit like imagine what we could do now with 10-bit but one of the sort of things that I learned, and this is sort of goes along my, my basic opinion of gear, is that you can do almost anything with any gear. It's just the cheaper the gear or the less appropriate the gear, the more work it's going to take, the longer it's going to take, and the more you've got to think a bit laterally in terms of how to do things. Like, for example, one of the biggest challenges for us, I love shallow depth of field, um, and I love doing focus pull so you know you focus on something in the in the background and then you pull your focus on something in the foreground it's a nice way of drawing the audience's attention and it's very difficult to do with the tiny sensors that you have on phone cameras in video so the trick that i had to work out to try and do this when i was shooting stuff with iphones is you get the phone like super close to the thing that's in your foreground so it's not where you know if you've got this beautiful 70 to 200 f2.8 you know i can focus on a chair that's 10 feet away from me and then focus on another chair that's 30 feet away from me with an iphone i've got to put the iphone like three inches away from the chair and then pull focus to the other chair so it's doable but not in the same way so but i think technology is going to get better and better to make it easier for us to do those other things to try and compensate for the challenges of physics where at the moment the laws of physics are the laws of physics yeah but, i mean going back to your question there simon great tangent and i think i think uh, i think more people will be using iphones lead but going back to your question I, I i did say no and i see this as a film versus digital debate all over again and i see a slow decline in the amount of mirrorless cameras and the amount of models out there and you're going to have the very niche models i say niche but it's going to fulfill an audience. So manufacturers are only going to build cameras for people that actually buy them. So they'll, they'll do all their research and they'll find out, okay, street photographers want something with a fixed lens that's small, that can you know put on your wrist and away you go. Whereas landscape and photographers need wide angle lenses, okay, that, you know, 
and sports and wildlife photographers need telephoto. So we're going to do a premium model and you'll have the different tiers uh, and everything in between will disappear. And there'll be a time it might take a year, I would say, maybe even two years at the most, but that will be an instant turnoff from the manufacturers because it'll be a cost-saving exercise, you know, in order for them to stay alive uh, and not be like the Olympus of the world or um, was the other one that went down the other day or was it Pentax? Oh, no, hang on. They're still, still around, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry, Pentax users. Um, all right, all, the, yeah, all, all of those people uh, won't have cameras anymore and they'll, they'll be forced to either upgrade to a niche model camera or like Lee said, you know, follow Lee's footsteps, the Apple CEO. Well, also I should clarify, I don't think, you know, in, in, you know, in inverted commas, big cameras are going to go away. Um, I, I just think phone cameras are going to catch up. And, and just like you were saying, Lee, it's, you know, like think about point and shoots or like point and shoot cameras pretty much don't exist anymore. Oh, Dustin. Cause, mm. cause everyone mm. uses their yeah. phone. Um, mm. So but I think, you know, there will be, thing is, sometimes there are times when you actually need a bigger camera, um, at least for video, for example, you know, holding a, a phone steady is not that easy. Like even to holding a DSLR or a mirrorless isn't that easy, which is why you have these big shoulder rigs to put the camera on your shoulder, because it actually helps you keep it steady while you're filming. So there are times when you actually want a larger device for capturing and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't think cameras will ever go away completely. I'd be keen um, to hear what our audience thinks. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Make sure com- you, uh, yeah, sorry, go on, Simon. Chuck it in the comments. That's it. Yep. If you're on so, YouTube, uh, chuck it in the comments. We had one comment on our YouTube video stream uh, uh, last, uh, when was it, last week? Uh, some lady says she doesn't know anything about cameras or photography, but she really enjoyed the conversation. So oh, I was I like, know. yeah. Good on it. That's thanks, great. Mrs. DePros. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. On that note, um, thank you very much for listening into us this episode. It's been fabulous to talk with uh, you guys, Lee, Greg, and now Simon, who's joined us. It's thanks fantastic to have you on board. He just he and just keeps jumping back on the call every week. I know we can't get <laughs> rid of him. Password. We're really going to put on a password. <laughs> That's right. He's just <laughs> sitting there the whole week waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, good fellas thank you yeah on on that note um we're, we're calling out sharky james as well to come and join us uh for an episode he still hasn't still hasn't replied to our dms and twitter what's going on mate what's going on we'll get elon musk first don't worry yeah, yeah. that's it that's it um and on that note thanks for watching make sure you subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now hit that button and also on youtube subscribe hit the bell notification so you know exactly when we're going live and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Ciao.